Good stuff. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. How you doing? (laughs) Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel the Lord here moving today. And, uh, and so, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Trevor Nataluk. I'm the Next Steps pastor here at New Life. Um, I wanted to say Merry Christmas to you all. I hope that was a wonderful time with your family. Um, and also, this is a time of year, uh, especially for people with, uh, that have gone through seasons of grief. Let's just remember our church family and those we know struggling during this time of year, especially for, for new experiences in family. Let's be praying for those and reaching out to those that we know, um, especially during the holidays for those uh, that, are, that are struggling. Um, I felt it's really important to say that um, this morning. So um, before we get into the word, uh, let's just open up in prayer. Jesus, you're here and you're moving, and, and Lord, we want to hear from you today. We want to honor your words. We want your words to direct our path. And so today, Lord, we just ask uh, that our hearts would be receptive, and Lord, that you would speak today clearly to us so that we can obey and walk with you and enjoy this divine romance that we have, that we can, um, that we can be obedient to you and walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Awesome. So as we... As we start a new year, I was praying about what I wanted to, to share this morning, and in my, my own prayer life, in my own walk with God, um, I felt really encouraged to, to take stock of my life, for us to take stock of our lives, to examine um, our lives, and that's what today is going to be about. Um, and so today is really an, an exhortation to to. And, and what is that? Well, it's encouragement, but it's also a pleading. Please do this, right? That's what an exhortation is. Um, I'm pleading with you. Take stock of your life. Examine your life from an outside perspective. Um, and today, while we do that, what we're talking about is navigating our spiritual journey. Um, so uh, we have some veterans here in the room, um, or anybody that's an avid hiker, anybody mountaineering, anybody into that at all? Any veterans? We got a couple, maybe three. Okay. So, well, that's good. So when I was in the Marine Corps, one of the, the first things that you do um, in basic training is something called land nav or land navigation. Um, and you learn about a concept um, called Magnetic North and True North. So what is this concept? It's that True North on a map on the globe, there is the North Pole, an exact spot on the Earth where you can no longer go north anymore, right? Everybody agree that there's a spot on the Earth like that, right? Magnetic North, however, is where your compass points, and you might be surprised to know that they are different. They're not the same, and that is because your compass gets its direction from the movement of the earth and the magnetic fields in the earth move and shift over time. Why is this important? Well, if you're trying to get somewhere um, and you're following your compass, you might not end up where you want to be if you don't have other resources. So what do you get besides a compass? A compass is an incredible tool and it will help you, but you need more than that. You need a map of the area that you're in, and then you also need to be able to see landmarks that associate to the map so that way you can course adjust. And my exhortation or encouragement to us today is that there are landmarks in our faith 
Um, and it's time to take stock this year so that 2023 can be a year that we look at our spiritual journey and we can definitively say, God grew me this year. I grew. Something changed in my life. God did something supernatural in my life, and I can specifically point to these things that changed. Amen? Does that sound good? All right, so we're going we're gonna to read today, and it's a very small passage, passage of Scripture. We're going to read in Matthew 6. Would you mind standing with me as we read the Word today? And this is Matthew 6, 19 to 23. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but... Instead, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, How great is that darkness? Thank you. You may be seated. All right, so here we're jumping into the middle of a teaching, um, but there is a lot packed in these five verses here. Um, And I was encouraged in this that there's a... There's a spiritual principle here that that Jesus is laying out in this teaching, and for us to look at our life from an outside perspective, to take stock of it, we need to understand what Jesus is saying in this passage here. Um, It's something that applies to all of us, to our nature as mankind, our human condition as people created in God's image, but also fallen, right? So there's a couple things we see here. We see a do not right at the beginning, we see a but instead, a what to do, and then he expounds on a truth claim at the end. I love it when scripture tells us exactly what to do. It's clear, it's easy, right? So we're going to start here uh, right at the beginning. So we see a do not. Do not lay up treasures in heaven. So this, I mean, people would Generally say, you could distill this down to materialism, but I think it applies in many more areas than just that. And I would say the lust of the flesh, right? That um, we see something, we want it, we go after it, it's all-consuming, and I go after it, right? And, And treasures on earth is something that I think we can all relate to, right? So for me, it's hobbies. If you ask my wife, we have a bank account issue every time I get a new hobby, because it consumes all of my thoughts until I buy all the perfect gear. I've watched 400 hours of YouTube to figure out everything for that hobby. I'm a professional. I buy all the stuff. I do it for a couple of weeks, and then I move on to a new hobby. So if you saw our storage unit, you would be appalled (laughs) because it's full of my hobbies. Um, But that, that perfectly encapsulates what the lust of the flesh is, right? Laying up treasures on earth, the things that we can see, the things that we can grab at. What we find is that we get filled up with no substance when we pursue things 
uh, as the, using the lust of the flesh as our, our motive, our driving force in our life. We get filled up with no substance and we become spoiled rotten, no longer hungry for God, apathetic, prayerless, and aimless. So the encouragement from Jesus here is don't do this. This is not what you were created for, right? Don't worry, this sounds harsh. It gets, it gets really good. He tells us what to do here, so. Um, and it's really interesting. So like sometimes um, when people talk about their spiritual disciplines, they'll throw around like, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, 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 right? Everybody's heard that. Um, and then we like to say, oh, that's legalism. No, it's just like really good discipline to stay on the course that I wanted to set for my life. And if I have to deny myself to make that a reality, to make what God wants for me happen, that man, that's a good thing, right? If you fill up every second of your life with things that have no eternal value, don't be surprised that you often don't hear God speaking or see him moving. So if we fill up on things that don't have eternal value, this is, that's what this laying up treasures on earth, if that's building my own kingdom, my business, if that's, you know, even, even things, um, man, things like family, my portfolio, um, the things that don't matter in the end, the things that fade away, right? So what Jesus is saying is here, don't do that. Instead, and this is a, a key transition here. So he says, but instead saying there's a better way. Instead of doing that, what does he say in verse 20? Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Did you know that there's things that you take to heaven with you? We've all heard like when you go to the grave, you don't take any of this with you. And I would say to you today, that's not true. There's lots of things that you participate in today that do cross over into eternity. They just don't look like treasures on earth, right? So this, this lust of the flesh, I would also say today that it's a perversion of something innate in mankind that God created that's meant to be your zeal for God. The way we go after things, the way I go after hobbies, the way we go after things in the material world, what that was intended to be before the fall was zeal for God. What God wanted originally for you, for me, is that in this divine romance of the community of the Trinity, we would then be pulled into that and then in loving, feel fulfilled. And so it's this, this endless cycle of getting everything I need from God and loving him more because of it. That's what you were designed to live in. Amen? Designed to be fulfilled by God, to have your purpose fulfilled in him, and then in loving him, getting all you need and being pushed back to that throne of grace because all you're seeing is the goodness of God. All you're seeing is the love that God has for you. So these things that we take to heaven, so Jesus is saying, don't do this, do this instead. What are these things that we, we take to heaven with us that matter in eternity? And so I've got some questions for you. What do you do or are a part of that's going to matter in eternity? What are you doing now 
that's ingrained in the fabric of your life that will pass on from this world and not be swallowed by time and the grave. What does it look like to heap up treasures in heaven? What are you a part of? What are you doing that cannot be stolen? Money, possessions, achievements, they all fade, and eventually their last memory is gone to time. But what are those things that, that matter in eternity? Your worship and your love for God. Your pursuit of that divine romance, your pursuit of God, especially in the midst of hardship when things don't make sense. That's something that matters when you meet him face to face. One day you're gonna stand before him. Ah, this is the one that I loved, right? That, that, those moments in worship, those moments of peace where your heart is touched by the Lord, that matters in eternity. Heap that up. Your prayer life, right? My, my small group, we talked about prayer this whole last like four or five months. Your prayer life is so much more than just a list of things that you say to God. It's, it's your intimate connection with God. Heap that up. That brings treasure in heaven, right? It's knowing God because your prayer life is not just you talking to God, but it's him talking to you, Right? How do we grow any relationship? It has to be through connecting with each other, right? Your prayer life, heap that up. What else matters in, in heaven? Your relationships that honored the Lord, where you put the Lord first, his ways first, relationships that were, were difficult and you navigated them intentionally to honor and bring glory to the Lord instead of acting out in your flesh, whatever that would look like. That matters in the end. That has an eternal impact, right? Everything that you did with integrity to please the Lord for his glory. And nobody saw it. And nobody said anything about it. But you did it the right way because you wanted to honor the Lord. That has incredible value in heaven and no value on earth, right? So Jesus is saying here in the first part of this passage, don't follow the lust of the flesh. Instead, heap these things up, right? Go after treasures in heaven, the things that are gonna matter in the end. I just wanted to bring an affirmation this morning as well. There are things that you do that the Lord has taught you to do in your walk with him already that are bringing glory to him. There's been no credit. There's been no um, any kind of affirmation from anybody. There's been no, and you're, you're following the Lord and being obedient. And I feel like the word that the Lord has for you today is all those small things matter to me. I love you anyway, but I love that. I love that. When you do the unseen thing that brings glory to my name. And I feel like some people here need to hear that, that the Lord is honored with the way that you move with him even in unseen ways to the rest of the world. So verse 22, the lamp of the body. So this is basically expounding on a truth claim that he's making here, right? So what did he say in the first part? He's saying, uh, don't do this. Don't go after the things of, of the world. Instead, heap up things in heaven. And what he's saying is, 
uh, he expounds it here. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. So there's this way that we were created to go after the things that we see. We see things, we decide whether we like it or not, and if it's something that we determine to be good, we then run after it, right? Would you agree with that? That's like the, the, the way we are built as, as mankind. I see things, I like them, I think they're good, and I'm gonna go after that. And God created us that way intentionally. Why? So when we see him who is goodness, we would run after him. But it'd be our choice, not him forcing us to do something. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I'm going to run after that. Right? So, the lamp of the body is the eye. If, therefore, your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Lost my place, so. <laughs> we, we want to see him, and as we see him, as we gaze at him, we become like him. We're fulfilled and drawn into that relationship. And so the first part of this, what Jesus is saying is, um, don't go after the things of the world. Go after me, after things that matter in heaven. You will be fulfilled in that. That's really where you're going to find your sense of fulfillment, your sense of divine purpose, right? There's this interesting connection here that, so it goes from your, your eye. Where did I write this? So there, your treasure. So where your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the things I look at, oh, I'm treasuring that. That has value to me. My heart is there, so I put all my focus there, right? And, and what, Jesus, he's, he, what he's doing is he's backing that up to your eyes, what you see. It's interesting, though, we see in other places in Scripture that from the heart, the mouth speaks and the body does, right? So what you allow to be your treasure, what you allow to be on the inside of your heart really is going to determine the course of your life. What you choose to value, what you choose to put all your focus on is going to determine your trajectory. So as we're talking about navigating our spiritual journey for this year, we need to be really aware that we have to be intentional with our walk with God just like we have to with every other relationship that we have. If we want a relationship to grow, to be strong, to be uh, trustworthy, we need to take stock of our own hearts and the things that we have gone after. So as we're navigating, there's some landmarks. So at the beginning, I talked about, you know, you can't just have the compass because the compass will get you so far, right? But if you don't have landmarks... In, in, like in land navigation, if you don't have landmarks to look at in a map, the longer your journey is, the more you will diverge away from where you need to be. So you need to then find a landmark and then set your course again. So we're going to give some landmarks from Scripture today um, to, in, to encourage you, to give you something to hold on to. And my prayer and my hope is that, honestly, that the sword of the Spirit would bring conviction to us today. Man, it is amazing when the Spirit of God brings us conviction so we know exactly what we need to do, what we need to be about, 
how we need to shift our thinking. So if you're taking notes today, and I would encourage you to do that, right? Everybody's making New Year's resolutions this week or last week. I would encourage you, if some of these stand out to you, write them down, meditate on it, um, find a way to practically make it happen. So our first one, most importantly, seeking the kingdom first. It's actually interesting, this teaching in Matthew 6, it ends, the end of the thought is seek first his kingdom and to love God first. Your primary responsibility, your primary role and purpose on the earth is to find out that you're in love with God and that you're fulfilled in him. Number one, that's it. Not what you do with that, but primarily to love him. If you want verses for that, Matthew uh, 22, 37, and Matthew 6, 33. Second one, a good landmark, a good mountaintop, a good point of interest on your map. Love coming forth from your life. 1 John 4, 7, and 8. You need to be able to see that love is coming forth from your life. That's a landmark. If you're not seeing that, write that down. Even deeper, to dig a little bit into that, love for your enemies. Do you have love for your enemies? It's a landmark. The people that you disagree with, that you fundamentally disagree with. I'm not talking about like, I like this restaurant better than this one. Like about the way you think the world should work, the people that you disagree with. The other side of the political aisle, do you love them or do you listen to voices that tell you to hate them more than you listen to God? You need to write that down as a landmark, right? I need to. We need to be confronted with that if we're gonna end up at True North where we wanna be. Honoring the word. Our next one. This is another interesting one, like, man, read your Bible and pray every day. And we get like really excited when we feel the goosebumps from the Holy Spirit and when we feel God speaking to us. And I would say to you, honor the word because that same divine spirit that makes you feel good on the inside when you encounter him in worship wrote this book. This is the conversation starter he wants to have with you. And it will become supernatural as you read this and then you will start talking with the author but do not neglect the book because this is how he wanted to start the conversation with you. Amen? If you've struggled to read your Bible, find somebody to do it with. Join a group that's studying weekly. Do a Bible reading plan on an app on your phone. It doesn't matter how you do it, but get into the word, know the word, because this is where your conversations with God are gonna start. They're gonna go so much further than this. They're gonna turn into walks on the beach and they're gonna turn into prayer in the morning with coffee and they're gonna turn into a lot of things, but it will start with what he wants to say here. Don't dishonor the word. Don't do it. You're just hurting yourself, right? Our next landmark, abiding in the secret place. So as we grow in our walk with God, he doesn't just want a lot from you. He wants to speak with you intimately 
about all the things that you think about, about all the things that um, your life is wrapped up in. He wants to navigate all those things with you. He's a loving father with unlimited resources. I think I'm a loving father, but I have to tap out, right? Like he's unlimited in his ability to navigate with you, to walk with you. Abide in the secret place to glean from that love that he has from you, not just to get, but you would be surprised that every time you enter into the secret place with him, he has something to give you. Do not neglect the secret place. Honoring others and developing a servant's heart. Love does not insist on its own way, but it it wants to serve. The greatest among you is the servant to all. If we want to be like Christ, a good landmark for us to look at as we're navigating, do I just want the best for the people around me? Do I want to serve them? Am I willing to clean the toilets and take out the trash just to be around the family of God? Like, just to be there. Our next landmark, the need for discipleship and running partners. This is, a, this is a really important one, I think, especially for our region and the culture that we live in, especially in northern New England. You need people to navigate life with. You need to run your ideas by other people. You need to run what you're hearing from the Lord by other people. You cannot do that alone. And this is an important landmark because what will happen is just... I thought I heard from the Lord. Um, Turns out it was kind of like what I wanted to hear to make me comfortable. And then all of a sudden, I'm following magnetic north and not true north, and I'm diverted. But when I have other people that know the word, that know the Lord, they know the heart of the Father, um, just by being around them, I'm convicted of the truth, and the truth comes alive in me. You need other people. If you're doing it alone, it's just a disservice to yourself. God's given so... Most of what God wants to give will come through somebody else. We're going to have the the band come back up in a minute here. A couple more for you. Faith without works is dead. So let me be really specific the way that I say this as a landmark, right? I need to be able to see in my life that because I believe X, Y is happening, otherwise, it's theory, it's philosophy, it's idea. But if it doesn't come into fruition and manifest in my life in some way, right? And it doesn't have to look like him and it doesn't have to look like her, but it needs to look like something happening, right? Your your faith brings about works. A right relationship with God will cause action. I'm not saying go take over a nation for Jesus, but it does look like something. And so a good landmark for us is, are the things in my life, are the things that I can directly relate to, I believe this about God, so I'm doing this to make that happen in the world. I believe this thing about him, He's good in this way, and so I'm doing this to show other people that God is good in this way, right? We need that. That's a landmark. So can you take stock of your life and see that that's happening? 
right? So this is pretty, pretty heavy. There's lots of, like, there's lots of landmarks here. And I'm not saying we need all of these this year, but, you know, we, we, we like to set resolutions. We like um, to make a plan to better ourselves for the new year. And what I really feel encouraged for us to do is the Lord wants us to take stock of our life because there's so much good there's so much blessing, there's so much in his kingdom that's available and he's limitless. But a lot of times we don't have because we don't ask and we don't seek. I said at the beginning that like, when we fill ourselves up with the things of the world, we become spoiled, rotten, and we, we lose our appetite for God. And really what we need is that purge and some clarity of mind to say, Lord, I've pursued these things, but I'm seeing what I really need is you. I need you. I need to be close to you. And he'll clean all that out. He won't leave that undone, right? He'll do all the hard work for you. It's not like you need to trudge along and do a bunch of things to get your, your life perfect. He'll do it. But we have to be honest with ourselves where we're at in our spiritual journey, and we have to ask God to set a course for us. And so we're going to have a closing song. And my encouragement for you, for me, use this as a time to speak with the Lord to set a course for this upcoming year. To set a course. That can be one of these landmarks. It can be something that you've been struggling with in your own life. Man, I know God is like this, and I am so not in this way. Maybe it's that one thing for you. Maybe I'm just not patient the way God is with me. Maybe I'm just not gracious and merciful. There's no shame in that. On the contrary, the, the recognition of that thing and talking about it with the Lord is what's going to start you on a journey to seeing that thing changed. I really feel encouraged that this year God wants to do supernatural things. He does not want the church to gather as usual and the same things to happen over and over and over again. He wants people that love him, that pursue him, and see their lives changed because of that pursuit. Like if I could take the things that have happened in my life, in my walk with God, and just make them happen for you because of how amazing God is, I would do that in a heartbeat except that I can. I can tell you about it and testify, but it's your journey with God. It's yours. It's not my journey to hijack for you, right? I would love to be able to say, you can, you can trust him in every area, in your finances, with your health, all these things. And like, these are things that I believe and they're core in my mind and my heart. But you have to go on that journey with God to discover that for yourself because this is all about relationship. It's about this divine romance and seeing how good he is. It's not in just hearing a statement and trying to apply it to our lives. It's about an experiential journey. So we're gonna pray and we're gonna sing a closing song. If you'd just stand with me as we pray. And as we, as we do, I just encourage you, take stock. This is not a, a place for shame, but it's an encouragement for a new year that God is going to do things you have not seen yet. Do you believe that? That God can do things that you haven't seen yet? Thank you, Jesus. I almost forgot. There was a quote I wanted to read. <laughs> Sorry. 
This is a, a quote from um, a, a monk, a 16th century monk. His name was Brother Lawrence. You can look him up. He wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. I find it. The font is very small. Um, in the beginning of the spiritual life, we ought to faithfully, in doing our duty and denying ourselves, uh, but after that, unspeakable pleasures followed, that in difficulties we need only have recourse to Jesus Christ and beg his grace, with which everything became easy, that many do not advance in Christian progress because they stick to penances and particular practices while they neglect the love of God, which is the end. So what is he saying? He's saying, we do a lot of stuff in the church. No matter your background, man, we do a lot of stuff. And sometimes we neglect just to love him. And that that is the end. And that's the reward, to get to love him. Thank you, Jesus, that you're moving amongst us here. Thank you, Jesus, for this new year. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're so gentle, you're so kind, that you bring comfort, that you bring conviction, but in a way that isn't shameful. It's an encouragement to, to jump on a train with you, to, to jump on a journey with you, to see growth. Lord, I just pray that, that as we... Um, as we pray and we turn our hearts to you today, that you would highlight the landmarks you are building in our life, right? This isn't even something that we're doing. This is something the agent of change, the Holy Spirit, is doing in us. Lord, make this year about our journey with you, about our love with you, in whatever way you see fit. Thank you, Jesus. We just pray that you would have your way. In Jesus' name.